Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, the main purpose really is really heritage consciousness. The Filipino mindset tends to start music and the performing arts with a Western tradition because of our history. Sooner or later, you have to ask what came before the Westerners came about. Luckily, some one-third of the 175 ethnolinguistic groups in the Philippines are indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. So it's still there. Mm -hmm. It's quite very much alive. It's very much contemporary. Yeah, you mean it's not been buried by modernity? Unlike in most of the lowland areas where we have forgotten these root elements. Mm. The Cordilleras, for example, Palawan, Mindoro, especially in Mindanao. So what you're trying to do is to remind people, I always say, if you strike a kulintang, you begin to join yourself with your ancestors. You begin to awaken. Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen to part one of the conversation with the founder of Contra Gabi, Contemporaryong Gamilang Pilipino, Professor Edru Abraham. Today, our guest is a longtime friend of mine. I think over 50 years. Andrew Abraham is a retired professor in the Department of Art Studies in the University of the Philippines in Diliman. But he's also known as an all-round performer, a musician, a dancer, and more importantly, a percussionist uh, and founder of the musical group called Contragapi or Contemporaryong Gamelang Pilipino, which he founded in 1989. Welcome to my podcast, Edru. Happy to be here, Randy. On my request, you have brought some of the instruments that are being used by your group, uh, Contragapi. Yes, quite a few. Contragapi was founded 30 years ago, Edru. What was the inspiration behind this organization? It wasn't like I had intended to found it. Mm -hmm. I was asked to do a live soundtrack of a play by Dulaang UP the repertory company of the uh, Department of Speech, Communication, and Theater Arts, College of Arts and Letters. And the director asked me to come up with music that is Filipino and Asian, whatever that may mean. And so I started gathering together some instruments, indigenous instruments. And, and sometimes I, called ethnic instruments. That's right. And I started training initially some of my students, some of the theater arts majors, over a period of about two months. And none of them came from the College of Music. And none of them came from the <laughs> College of Music. I had one of the faculty members to assist me in putting this thing together, uh, Robin Rivera, and it worked. Contragapi is a very, very interesting name because it's, it's not only the acronym for Contemporaryong uh, Gamelang Pilipino, but it is also Contragapi, meaning against being shackled, no? 
against being subdued. The one thing you did not include in your introduction is that I'm also a political activist. I use uh, controversy as a device in uh, exploring or presenting certain realities of society that have to be made known. And you demonstrate what participatory music is about. No? Right. That's Wh- all, which is the that's core all of democracy. part of the new ethos. That's all part of the things that I was thinking. There isn't really a regular ethnic music ensemble on, on campus. Mm-hmm. And in any performance, uh, what you have is a set of specialists, as it were, in an audience, and usually passive. Oh, but, but that's in, the European annoying. That's right. But in the, in the tribal setting, it's not like that at all. But let me get back to why Contragapi. It was Karina Constantino David <laughs> who suggested the name. I came to her no and kidding. I said, yes, I told her, Karina, here are the terms that I want included. Gamelan, Filipino, and something that is of the present because none of what we're going to play is authentically indigenous. And so we started looking at these things, Contemporario, Gamelan Filipino, as it turns, the acronym, as it turns out, is also a political statement. It's against anything that is that tends to vanquish whatever you as a be- or you are as a being. So it was a brilliant thing, and thank you, to, thanks to Karina, glad, bless her soul. Mm-hmm. And so we've carried so, that so it's name. against the grain of Westernization. That's that's the main point, mm-hmm. but it's also against the grain of looking at uh, artists as specialists mm-hmm. to the uh, exclusion. Of the ordinary human being who, who can is, be musicians who can as well. be artists as well mm-hmm. because uh, becoming an artist is really part of your capacity to project some kind of feeling some kind of imagining in performing ways it could be a dance it could be a piece mm-hmm. of music it could be in a, an imitation of a melody that you heard mm-hmm. you know it could be just a movement of the body in rhythm even if we don't talk about it very much Being a musician or being able to sing, being able to dance, or being able to act or tell stories through mm-hmm. action, because this is very basic, is something we take for granted. You don't even think of it as artistry per se. I, I noticed that, especially in Indonesia, Edru, which I <coughs> visited quite often in the past, no? that the carpenter can also be a fine musician, a poet. That's the oh, whole point. And a dancer at the same time, no? In the village setting in Indonesia and many other parts of Southeast Asia, you have a set of instruments where a child growing up can just sit by, look at the elders as they play, and when the elders are gone, he starts picking up the stick and start banging away. Mm-hmm. So he learns by osmosis. Mm-hmm. And it is assumed that everybody in the village sooner or later will play the gamelan, will be able to move and dance, they will be able to sing or use some melodies he learned from the gamelan to put on some new verses to it. And so this is just assumed as a part of the natural course of mm-hmm. village life. Mm-hmm. And it became much more sophisticated in the court of the sultan, where mm-hmm. the very finest of the players would be taken to be able to play for the court, which is also one reason why I wanted to link the idea of contragapi, that's why I used the term gamelan, with greater Southeast Asia. We don't have the gamelan here, no, in the Philippines, uh, Drew, anybody? The gamelan in the Indonesian setting is a fairly large ensemble yeah. that usually plays in two modes, two tuning systems, yeah. the pelok and the slendro, five-tone or seven-tone scale. But the most identifiable feature of the gamelan is really a combination of gongs and drums. All over Southeast Asia you find it. With it, you also have flutes and string instruments, etc. In the, we do have ensembles in the Philippines too, but rather small. Mm. The biggest ones would be in Mindanao. 
you know, in the, in the court of the Tausug probably or in Maranao, mm-hmm. but do you know that uh, the Gamelan is even older than the European orchestra by yes, several hundred right. years? And it's really one of the most sophisticated ensembles ever ever created mm-hmm. by any culture. And that's why I call it Gamelan, to link us with mm-hmm. this kind of a great tradition which most Filipinos, unfortunately, don't know very much about, mm-hmm. which is the point that I've been going all over the Philippines, 45 provinces, 25 cities in 30 years. Parang uh, you're looking for a common thread that would unite different cultural traditions in, in Southeast Asia? Well, the main purpose really is really heritage consciousness. The Filipino mindset tends to start music and the performing arts with a Western tradition Correct. because of our history. Sooner or later, you have to ask what came before the Westerners came about. Luckily, some one-third of the 175 ethnolinguistic groups in the Philippines are indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. So it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's quite, very much alive. It's very much contemporary. Yeah, you mean it's not been buried by modernity? Unlike in most of the lowland areas where we have forgotten these root elements. The Cordilleras, for example, Palawan, mm-hmm. Mindoro, especially in Mindanao. So what you're trying to do is to remind people. I always say, if you strike a kulintang, you begin to join yourself with your ancestors. You begin to awaken. But it also forces you to consider what things were before 1521. And if you do that, you cannot help but relate to the neighbors exactly. in Southeast Asia. It is also a way of releasing a sensibility that lies underneath our That's right. Western veneer. You can enjoy it as a simple music and dance. Right. But you can also enjoy it as a way to reimagine your own ancestry, your own heritage. And I think Filipinos get it, although many times they don't articulate it. Mm-hmm. I think a good example would be the Filipino version of Game of Thrones. One yeah. million, <laughs> 1,700,000 Facebook uh, hits. I knew it was going to create some interest. It stunned me. And for the most part, they'd say, kaya pala natin mga Pilipino. It's like a realization that there are things possible when we look, look deeper within ourselves. And that's precisely what it contribute started with from the very beginning. You know? But don't you find it a disadvantage, Drew, that this organization consists mainly of students who, for the most part, would probably stay in the university only for four or five years. That's true of any university-based performing group. And in fact, there have been traditions created. You can cite a number of uh, spin-offs, you might say. Uh, one member of uh, Contragapi, Leo Castro, he's called uh, Sanghabi, who does uh, music and healing. And their teachers, not of Western music, but of indigenous music and Asian music, mm-hmm. who came from Contragapi. And there are others who have set up their own dance groups. But as you can imagine, they are few and far between. So my expectations are quite modest, really. Mm-hmm. I know that for the most part, none of them will probably play any of these instruments again. They will recognize it from time to time when they mm-hmm. watch uh, performances mm-hmm. here and there. But something is triggered when That's they right. hear. Mm-hmm. And that triggering will, will animate their own sensibility and mm-hmm. self-understanding as a Filipino. Mm-hmm. In the corporate boardroom, in discussion among NGOs, mm-hmm. you know, in the schools, when they're abroad as bureaucrats. So uh, if you ask me if it's a success story, yes, it is a success story. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me if it isn't a success story, I'll tell you, yes, it isn't a success story because the end point of this is to fade away, to self-destruct, because all of these ideas will have been imbibed in the schools, especially in the public schools. Mm-hmm. Why should you have 
only a drum and lyre core or a choir, all Western type ensembles, when you can just put together some bamboo. And, uh, and I've seen uh, replicas of Contragapi, contra no? In Balebalean, for example, in Pampanga. Have you tried to reach out? I to have tried, the you Department know, of all the way to Liling Briones. People tend to underestimate the power and the importance of music to the general education of a human being. Yeah, my students sometimes get very hot. They want to be activistas, a fire and brimstone kind of activista. Right. Don't you realize, I tell them, you're already activistas in what you're doing. You're educating the emotions. Mm-hmm. And even as you educate the emotions, you're educating the individual to deepen himself and his understanding of himself mm-hmm. by connecting with roots, deep, deep roots, yeah. way, way before the coming of the Spaniards and the Americans and the British for a while mm-hmm. and the Japanese and so on. I noticed that you bring in several musical instruments no, that are not necessarily found in, let us say, the Balinese gamelan ensemble. And they're similar instruments. But what I've done, that's why contragapi is contemporario. Mm-mm. Let me be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you mix cordillera instruments and, man- and central Mindanao yeah. instruments and other instruments from yeah. all over, plus some instruments in Southeast Asia, yeah. if you mix them together, you're no longer authentic. That's a, con- mm. that's a contemporary expression right there. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't. In fact, it challenges me to be more creative. Let's start with a classification of instruments. Yes. Let's start okay. with idiophones. An idiophone is an instrument where the body itself is the resonator. Keep in mind that mm. we're talking about instruments, we're talking about sound materials, sound makers. And there are three factors. Force, applied to an object amplified. In the case of an idiophone, the force, which is the stick. You know, that's what they use in the cordillera. That's right, the gangsa. You, you apply a stick on the gong. Okay. And then, of course, and then there's the sound. Right. But the gong itself is a resonator. There's no third system or organ to serve as a resonator. It's really that. But... If you play it another way, you can use your uh, elbow as a muffler so that you now have two tones. Mm-hmm. Instead of tapping with one hand, you now have two hands to play. This is a northern kind, a cordillera yeah. gong or a uh, gangza. Now, in contrast, you have an idiophone, like this gabang of the uh, yakan, which is really a melodic instrument. What you have is uh, bamboo plates. Yeah. The longer they are, the lower the tone. Yeah, and there are five here. You've got a five-tone instrument here. Then you have to have put it somewhere. This wooden box is where you put it on. But it's still an idiophone because... The stick itself is the resonator. Mm-hmm. So, very simple. And the thing is, you can make, any village can make this. You know, right. Where is that Dubai. from? This particular style of gabang ziyakan. You've got a tausuga, gabang. Here is another um, uh, idiophone, which is also melodic. As you can see, it has no resonator. And this is your typical gong. The kulintang that you're probably familiar with, yes, that you uh-huh. see in dance groups, that these are plates. You might call this uh, a native uh, xylophone. 
No, that's no, very familiar. Take note of the tuning. This one isn't a melodic midi phone. It's really a kind of gong, a flat gong. And we have two types of gongs. The Kulintang in the south has a boss, this protrusion, this thing yeah. that looks like a nipple. And the northern one. Now, let's go to another classification, mm -hmm. which is something that's familiar to most people, the aerophones, like this flute here. Yeah, that's a bamboo flute, no? That's right. By the way, this particular one was made by Itas from your province. Well, they sell them in San Fernando in the streets. <laughs> what happens is you blow through a tube and the molecules that move through the tube to produce a sound. And that, some of that sound is modified by the holes mm -hmm. on the tube itself. So it's the tube itself that serves as the amplifier. Mm -hmm. So you have the three, the three elements again. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of other flutes here. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You play it light and you have a melodic tone, the typical flutey. But tone. you can also... So you can explore what you can make out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, some some tribes rather enjoy playing this uh, this other kind of sound that comes out of it, mm -hmm. a kind of shrill, like uh, like, like birds. No? Yeah, yeah. And I have a third. I uh, know here. The point is, instruments, they can make certain sounds, like the human voice. The human voice is capable of oh, quite a lot of sounds. That's why they're called vocables, which are all kinds of sounds that you can make, which you can put together to create something interesting. <laughs> you can, oh, don't usually sing with that. Uh -oh. by, by definition, singing is using a specific quality of the voice, which is usually culturally prescribed. All of these other typically non-musical or non-tonal qualities is all part of what is yeah what is what what the what the mouth is capable of sounding. And so you can use it. I use it all the time in contrapi. There's a lot of exploration. That's why it's contemporary. All mothers are natural improvisers when they lullaby. Is that the reason, Andrew, why Filipinos are such natural musicians? That's the social history of the Filipino that hasn't been deeply explored in a scientific, <laughs> sociological way. Because the training starts from pregnancy. <laughs> Precisely. The, the Western expert, or for example, what they tell you is in the first trimester, you start exposing That's your true. child to the sound of the music of Mozart and Beethoven or whoever. Classical music. But in the case of the Philippines, it's rock and all of these pop songs. But then again, there's rhythm and melody there too. And then the mother loves the baby to sleep. Music is always there. Mm -hmm. 
Somebody whistles all the time. And uh, when the child is of age, maybe three or four, a guest comes in. Oh, here's uncle. Kiss, 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 uncle. Uh, oh, would you like uncle to give you a prize? Why don't you dance? And then you ask the child to dance. No matter how awkward, but it gives him confidence. <laughs> and then you ask him to sing. And he sings respectably, you give him even more confidence. So the, the dancing is a form of music as well, no? Dance is music seen. Music is dance heard. heard. And so because it emanates from the same source. If you take that out of the mindset that you have to specialize, you have to have some kind of musical intelligence apart from kinesthetic intelligence. That if you take it around, just take it as it is and just enjoy it for what it is. Let it come out when it must. So that's the reason why in contragapi performances, Suddenly, somebody just, the, the players just stand up and start dancing. No? You cannot separate the two. Hmm. Filipinos are restless. When they play music, after a while, they want <laughs> to move. True. Choirs are like that. That's what most choirs tend up, tend uh -huh. up doing choreography in the end. Most Philippine choirs, anyway. Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by Ellen Cancho. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Cara David, hoping that you can listen to part two of this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or other major platforms. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.